Um, Assalamu alaikum warahmatullahi wabarakatuh. My name is Asya, and I decided to create this podcast um, entitled Dinya Detox. So, you know, I went through so many names, but this one just kind of sat with me because I feel like I want this podcast to be one of those things where, you know, you get a detox from this world and all its affairs. And you could come back to this, replace your music, replace everything with this. And I think that it was just the perfect name to call it. So, I mean, I promise you, like, I'm not going to be like alone when this happens anyways so like you don't have to worry about that i'm gonna have like friends on here inshallah we're just gonna talk about everything islam it's just gonna be a safe space for the muslim girlies come on here um and learn about the deen you know take away all the amazing reminders that they can take um things gonna be very relatable inshallah you know talk about the just talking about the reality of this dunya and going through all the hardships that people go through and all the trials and tribulations, their desires of music, relationships, the hardship of being a Muslim woman in America or the UK or Canada, wherever you live in the West, um, how hard it is to live in these places. So that's everything that's going to be talked about. We're going to get to the nitty gritty of everything. Um, I don't believe in sugarcoating Islam. I think that making it as beautiful as it is, is one thing, but kind of like sugarcoating and trying not to speak about things that the Prophet wasallam spoke about or that Allah has spoken about, you know, this that's just not my thing here, you know? I will be saying nothing but haq and all my haq comes from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and his messenger and anything that is incorrect is from the shaitan and myself so um I'm also never going to be shy to corrections so you don't have to worry about that either I'm supposed to be getting food in a little bit but I kind of wanted to talk about something just a little intro so you know kind of who I am and like my relation to all of this. So I'll probably talk about, you know, how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala chose me and guided me to Islam. Of course, you know, Alhamdulillah, I was born to, you know, a Muslim family, Muslim parents, Alhamdulillah. And honestly, it took me about, you know, 16, 17 years to actually find Islam. Because, you know, what they say all the time is that, you know, you can be born Muslim, but some people really have to find Islam for themselves. And I, I think that's more true than people like to admit. And um, it, it was definitely true for me. I would say that, like, I've always went to Madrasa, Saturday, Sunday school. I've always, you know, I've always loved Madrasa. But to me, religion was always kind of like a side thing. Um, when I was younger, I, di- I didn't look at Islam as a, as a lifestyle or something that had to be heavily implemented in your life. I just thought people who did that were just heavily religious when in reality it's kind of just the bare minimum. Lol. Anyways, so <laughs> um, I would say even like 
in school, it was just like, it was never a priority to me. Like I just never even thought about it unless it was time to fast for Ramadan. Um, again, it was time to go to Sunday, Saturday school, but never really anything of importance and of substance. I kind of like had to learn to balance um, my life around Islam rather than Islam around my life because it's my life is nothing compared to what Islam is. Creating this space where everything we do, we think about Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Everything has to be in his remembrance, right? From the moment we wake up, from the moment we go to sleep, when you know we're eating, when you're getting on the bus, when you're getting on the train, everything has to be in his remembrance. I think that's a, a major factor in al-Islam is like to always keep Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in your remembrance. And I feel like growing up, I didn't have that. Like to me, like I said, religion was not a priority. It was like kind of like a side quest. So it kind of like surprises me how, like it not even surprises me, but like subhanAllah, I think a lot every day that, you know, he guided me to, to al-Islam and may he keep me steadfast. Allahumma ameen. So, but honestly, yeah. I, I remember like only wearing hijab when it was to pray the Eid prayer. I remember vividly like hating like Ramadan coming and like my mom telling me I have to cover my hair or that I can't do this hairstyle or that hairstyle. Like I genuinely really hated it because like to me it was a burden. Like why do I have to do this? Why can't I just fast and like go on with my life? But I think that quarantine was a very, very, very like special time for a lot of people. I think that's the time where people really started getting close to their religion or at least thinking outside of what they usually thought about because we were home 24 seven. All we had was our thoughts if it wasn't our phones, right? Like, so to me, I was honestly thinking a lot during quarantine and being home all the time I was thinking to myself like what really is my purpose like what am I really doing with life you know what is going to happen to me after I die you know and I was so like far from Iman that like I was so scared to watch like Islamic videos from non-Muslims because I didn't want to get any doubts when I first started like feeling the inclination to getting into learning more about the religion because i feel like when i started learning about the religion i really learned a lot about myself so it was very scary for me to like watch any type of like religious debate because i was just so scared that i was going to see something that was going to like make me feel doubtful and that was around the time where i started like really getting interested in Islam and doing a lot of research. I was just really scared to look at anything, any type of argument against Islam, if that makes sense. Obviously now it doesn't bother me, but you know, when it happened when it first happened, I was just like, ugh, I don't I don't want to do this. I don't know if anybody else had that. I really don't understand why that was happening to me. But you know, Alhamdulillah I got through that. I was able to watch like a bit of some speakers corners debates after that and I was good. I think what like really helped me i think that the it all comes down to this foundation of salah i feel like that's what start that's what started everything 
I just started praying. Like, I don't have a story as to why, but I just started being, I just started praying consistently, like consistently. And I made it like a priority. You know, I didn't, I, I, I didn't balance my prayer around my day. I started balancing my day around my prayer because it started to become very important to me. And I started to kind of feel this like inner peace that I never really had. So it all started off with that. And then everything else kind of like fell into place. Once I started praying, I was like, you know, I need, I want to learn more. I want to learn about the in-depths of these prophet stories of Musa alayhi salam, of Adam alayhi salam, of Nuh alayhi salam, of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, you know, of Yahya, of, of Suleiman. I wanted to learn about all these prophets. I wanted to learn about all these Sahabi I was hearing about, Abu Bakr, Umar, anhu, like those were the main ones. Obviously, everyone was talking about. I just wanted to learn more. I was so intrigued. It was out of nowhere. I just had this interest. It was really weird. And honestly, I believe that Allah Subhanahu wa Taala inspired that and planted that into my heart. And I feel like that can only come from Him. Like Subhanallah. Like there's no way that I, I felt like I can just go from not having any interest at all to having an interest like that doesn't make sense to me so that only had to come from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala subhanallah so yeah after after prayer I just was like I just need to start learning more and I just did so much research I was watching so many videos you know everyone starts off with the, the amazing Mufti Mank you know everyone starts off their journey there Mufti Mank is just like you know amazing I'll reward him um obviously I progressed now I literally only listen to, to to British speakers and sometimes Australian. Like the Australian Muslims, Allah uh, Hamdarik, like they are so on Deen. I love them so much. Like every time I see an Australian Muslim, they're they're either a Naqabi or like they're just on Haq. It's just beautiful. Subhanallah. I may Allah reward them. So yeah. So after I just started learning more and more, and then I realized, like you know when am I really going to start wearing hijab? And I really battled it. And like one of my non-Muslims friends, like she knows who she is. Um, I told, I used to tell her all the time, like I need, I want to start wearing it. I want to start wearing it. But I was just scared because I was like, I was 17 years old. Okay. I was like, everyone is so used to seeing me and my hair and, you know, being out there, you know? So I was so worried about this like society's perception of me which is kind of like the thing that i tell people who are trying to get into hijab i tell them all the time like habibi no not habibi stop <laughs> you're not a boy habibti habiba listen whose perception matters more these kfar these disbelievers in the world who hate you okay not all the kfar obviously the ones who are Islamophobic or have internalized Islamophobia, or does Allah's perception of you matter? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala loves those who engage in worship. And wearing the hijab is a is an act of worship, Habiba. So don't worry about it's just I had to get that out of my head. The perception of society, the perception of what my friends would think of me, my non-Muslim friends, like what they think, like I people would think I'm becoming way too religious. And I'm just like, this is not religious. This is literally the bare minimum. And it, the fact that it took me about 17 years of my life to take this step, like may Allah forgive me for that, you know? That's what I was worried about most when getting into hijab. But I, I used to say all the time, like, yo, I'm gonna start wearing, I'm gonna start wearing. And I used to wear like here and there, like I'll put it on like inside my house, of course, and take like a picture or something, but I never like went outside with it. So like, 
I, she used to tell me like, bro, just start wearing it. She was a non-Muslim, subhanAllah, like my little guider. And she was just like, bro, just, you need to do it. Like you need to do it. She was like, so adamant on it as well. Probably more adamant than me. But subhanAllah, um, I think what really prompted me into hijab, like I was watching a lecture. I was on my way out. I don't remember where I was going, but I was on my way out going somewhere in Brooklyn. And um, I was watching an Islamic um, lecture. And around this time, it was very common for me to do this because um, I was, again, I was getting into learning about my religion. So, you know, I, I was watching lectures all the time, all the time. And I sometimes would have it as background noise while I was getting ready. So I was kind of getting ready to go out, had no intentions of Guys, I literally had no intentions of wearing hijab that day, but I was like watching the video. I'm not gonna say by who the video was. My my close friends know who the video was by, but I'm not gonna say it because a lot of people don't like this brother because they just think he's like a troll. They think he's a, they they think he's a troll. People don't take him serious, but like his old videos like that are out of context are crazy. But like um, Allah Hamdulillah, he's He's, he's grown, you know? I may love reward him. I may love forgive him as well. But anyways, subhanAllah. Um, yeah, so I was just watching this video and, you know, it was going, I was listening, but I was also trying to get ready. And then I hear this thing where the brother's like, you know, you know, sisters, you say, you know, when you wear hijab, you wear hijab when you're married. And that automatically struck my attention because that was me. I was saying, bro, I'm gonna wear hijab when I'm married. I don't know why. That is also another perception that I had of the hijab, that it was only for your husband to see you. That was the biggest lie ever. <laughs> like, it was only for your husband. Like, the hijab is for your husband. So that's why I always have the mindset, like, if it's for my husband, then, like, why don't I just wear it when I have one? Like, if that makes sense. <laughs> But I was completely wrong about hijab. And even then, he was like, you know, sisters, you'll say, you wear hijab when you get married, you know, that's what you guys always say, right? Brothers say, you know, you'll, start shit, you, you'll stop doing this sin, you'll stop doing that sin eventually. You'll stop doing it tomorrow, you'll start praying tomorrow. And then he just goes like, but who promised you tomorrow? I know it sounds so simple, but to me, it kind of, it really scared me. I don't know why. I really don't know why that scared me. I do know why, subhanAllah, but just that one line, it was so simple, but yet so like telling, like who really promised you tomorrow? It really had me thinking like, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not promise me tomorrow. So who am I to say like, I'm going to wait till tomorrow. I'm going to wait till Thursday. I'm going to wait till December. I'm going to wait till I'm married. I'm going to wait till this. I'm going to wait till that waiting. That is the trap of the shaitan. The shaitan is trapping you, Habibas. He is trapping you whenever he makes you try to delay whenever he tries to make you delay any act of worship you need to overbattle that you need you just need to ignore that and do exactly what allah subhanahu wa ta'ala inspired in you that very moment you need to do it that very moment do not delay it okay the shaitan is the king of procrastination he's gonna make you procrastinate right so I kind of realized that like Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala can literally take my life tomorrow. Not even tomorrow. He can take my life in the next 10 seconds, right? Who has any of that guaranteed? Who, there's so many people in this world who thought they'd have like another 
day, another day. They thought they'll have another minute, another hour, but subhanAllah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala returned them. So I kind of just thought to myself, like, yo, I don't have anything promised. I don't have anything guaranteed. So I put on the hijab. I know. I don't know, like that just that that same day, I put on the hijab and I just didn't go back. Literally from that day, I put on a hijab. And you know what's crazy? SubhanAllah, like I literally ordered um all these hijabs from Veiled Collection. I ordered a bunch randomly. It was just like a random thing in my head. I just was like, I want to order. I just ordered a whole bunch. It's really weird. Like, and I had some hijabs from Modernisa also that I, I, my mom ordered for me as well. Um, but I just wanted it. I just, I don't know how to explain it. But the thing is, again, this is how Allah works in the most beautiful of ways. Is that he also installed that desire in me to buy all those hijabs. But I never had the intention there, at least I thought I didn't have the intention there that I'm going to wear it anytime soon. It was just like I went, I'm learning about Islam and I just wanted to buy anything Islam. I was buying books and stuff like Islamic starter books and all of that. So, like, you know, and that was like a week prior, subhanAllah. So, you know, the, the week after, like, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know, was able to allow me to see this video of, of this lecture. And from there, I put on the hijab because who promised me tomorrow? Who promised me until, who, who promised me marriage, you know? That I'm going to be in that position to wear, start wearing hijab, you know what I mean? So that's kind of my, this wasn't even supposed to be a be get into my hijab story. But that's kind of like, you realize that your journey into Islam kind of like falls through based on like, the acts of worship that you engage in like for example me starting to pray then me starting to wear hijab and all of that played a part into like who i am as a muslim now and you know may allah keep me steadfast and may allah increase me in knowledge um you know i i, I never thought that i'd be in university and you know being the person that I am now and becoming the Muslim that I became, alhamdulillah, like, it's just like, once you once you start getting into seeking knowledge and getting into strengthening your deen, it kind of just, it's amazing. So I also kind of want to talk about this experience that I had like two Ramadans ago um it's such a like every time I think about it I'm just like what the heck was I thinking like what was I honestly at the time I didn't realize it was a test that's the beauty of like everything Islam like sometimes you'll go through a test and you don't even realize you're getting tested until afterwards but then some people just have that beautiful like intellect to just realize i'm getting tested right now i need to do this 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 and that you know may allah make us amongst those people i was not that i'm still not that please i inshallah i am that one day where i can just be like yeah i'm getting tested right now these are the twos and stuff. Sometimes when you're like, you're getting tested, you're so like in your emotions and you're so like, oh my God, like what's happening that you don't even realize that like, Habiba, just relax, okay? 
make dua, breathe, okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given you the tools and the guidelines to get through your test. And you will get through it, Habib. If, if, and no one's going to tell you that you're going to get through your test. I'm here to tell you. You're going to get through your test, okay? You're going to get through it. Don't let the shaitan come in your head saying that you can't handle this, okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says in the Quran, he is not going to burden a soul in which they cannot bear. Subhanallah, you know? So whatever you're going through, Allah, the all-knowing, knows deep that, okay? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the all-knowing, he knows that you can overcome it because he wouldn't have given it to you. He wouldn't have given this this trial to you if he didn't know that you were going to get through it. So who do you trust? Your nafs or do you trust Allah? Mm, think about that. Anyways, I thought I ate that. Anyways, so two Ramadans ago, I like was having the best Ramadan ever. Like it was the best Ramadan that I've ever had because this was one of the first Ramadans where I was like getting on my deen. Um, and praying and wearing hijab, all of that, you know? So I was like, I was just, again, like I was just doing amazing. When you're fasting in the Ramadan, like you have this momentum like no other, like you, no other. You've never had this Iman before in your life, right? You know, when you're out on vacation, let's say you go to Greece or something and you're just like, wow, I love Greece. This is the best place ever. The the beauty of the, the the geography is just amazing here. The food, oh my God. And you know, you're so excited. You're so happy. You've never been as this happy before in your life. Then you get on a plane. Mm, what plane? I, I, let's say Delta. You get on Delta and you're flying and you're flying, you're flying. You end up, oh my God. Oh my God, it's JFK. It's JFK Airport. And you just fly down and you realize, no, why am I back here? Why am I back? Why am I back in America? Why am I back in New York? Your momentum, your excitement just dies, you know? Everyone knows that feeling, okay? Of going on the best vacation of your life and having to fly and land back into responsibilities and depression, okay? Think of pre and post Ramadan like that, okay? No, not pre, during Ramadan, Ramadan and post Ramadan, right? You're fasting, okay, you're praying, tarawih, you're, you're praying for hours, praying to hajjud, you know, you're with your family, you're, you start wearing hijab, all of that, it's amazing. Then it finishes, there's no, at the masjid, 10, 12 o'clock at night, right? There's no waking up in the middle of the night. There's no excuse to wake up in the middle of the night to, to pray Fajr. Now you have to pray Fajr, right? Like, now everything is like, you have to do it yourself now. You don't have that momentum of Ramadan anymore. That's what happened to me. The spark in my Salah literally died. I I don't know what happened. And I just remember... I've, I've only told a select few people this story because it's so embarrassing. I hate, like, ugh. anyways. So I was in class. I remember I was in class. And I was just like, bro. All I was thinking about was like the Zuhr prayer that I just prayed. I was just thinking about it. I was just like, bro, what, 
was that even a prayer? Like, what did I do? Like, it just felt like I was praying to air. I was praying to nothing. It felt like there was no, I didn't feel seen or heard in my prayer, right? And it wasn't even like, it wasn't a matter of focus, but there was, I felt like there was nothing there to focus on. I didn't feel the presence of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and astaghfirullah because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is, is present when you're praying. It felt like nothingness. And I knew there was a problem because I was feeling that somethingness. So I was overwhelmed with that presence during Ramadan. But now that Ramadan is over, like I, I would say like it was a week or two after Ramadan. And it was just like, it went away. It was like, it was really hard to explain. But then I was like, I left. I was, I remember this day so vividly. It's so embarrassing. <laughs> it's so embarrassing. So I remember I was on the train. I went back home. I was listening to Surah Maryam. I was just like, bro, on the verge of tears, guys. I was on the verge of tears, about to like literally cry my eyes out. And I was just like, bro, I don't know what's going on. I cannot have anything disturb my prayers because I didn't prioritize my prayers for so many years of my life that like if anything messes up now I'm so terrified that I'm gonna go back to how I was that was also my mindset that's also what I was thinking about as well so I was asking around I was just like yo what do I do like is there any Islamic advice that the prophet go through something like this like how do I how do I combat this everyone's just telling me yo like just need to continue praying like it's gonna happen make dua blah 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 like that's you know not blah 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 of course you make dua of course but it was just like oh keep praying keep praying that i wanted something like practical um other than dua something because i feel like in, in my head i feel like allah has already done all his help that he allah has helped me i feel like now i need to take some type of action because with dua comes action you know Sometimes like people make dua for things that are like right in front of your face. You just need to find it, right? I felt like this was one of those moments, right? I feel like Allah has already provided me with this answer. I just need to find the answer. Um, not even find the answer, just open my eyes. I was like blinded to it, I guess. So then I spoke to one, oh, what do I call him? A sheikh? I'll call him a sheikh. Nustad. I'll call him a nustad. This was dead. I was talking to my problems and I was just like, yo, like just telling everything that I just said. He goes like, where's your key? I was like, huh? What key? And he's just like, if you want your connection to your solar, you need a key. And I'm like, what do you mean by a key? Like, I need a physical key? Like, what do you mean by a key? And like the next like 30, 45 minutes of this conversation changed like my entire life and my entire view of the prayer ever since. SubhanAllah.